This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. You ready to end the year with some money in your pocket? We gossip covered at Gossip Mitsubishi's Mitsubishi Motors year-end sales event. Get to the pike for the award-winning 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander PHEV. For 20 total range and PGE, $299 a month. Get ready for your road trip in the 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. Buy for $27,000 or just $3.99 a month. And cool has never been cooler than in a 2024 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. We gossip at $30,700 or $4.99 a month. And no worries with Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. So get to gossip Mitsubishi today at 1870 Covington Pike. Gift wrapping available. You want it, we gossip. Shop online anytime at MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we gossip and gossip more. Don't miss out on new deals every day during Lowe's 25 Days of Deals. Right now, find gifts under $100, like the Craftsman V20 Drill Kit or Impact Driver Kit, just $59 each. And don't forget gift cards for everyone on your list. Shop online and pick up curbside for holiday shopping made easy. Because Lowe's knows deals every day. Valve through 1224 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. This week at Target, get all your holiday shopping done with last-minute deals on must-haves and wants for the season. Discover big deals on toys and tech, plus top deals on clothing, beauty gift sets, and so much more. At Target, find all you need for the holidays. Shop great last-minute deals everyone will love and get what you need fast with free drive-up. Hurry, last-minute deals end Sunday. Score low prices and great last-minute deals now at Target. Exclusions apply. Love like this before. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Jeff, I 
welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producer of the program for us. Glad that he is indeed with me. At some point during the show, Mark is going to join the program. Do not know when, do not know how, do not know for how long, but at some point he will indeed join the program. Coming up in just a bit, I mentioned it during the last segment with JR and Brad on the Jason and John Show. We're going to start the program with what are we going to be talking about on January 2nd when we return? Because normally on a Friday we'd be asking, what are we going to talk about on Monday? However, next week, Monday will be Christmas and we will be off and you'll get to listen to bowl games all week here on 92.9 FM ESPN2. Or a big, beg your pardon, 92.9 FM ESPN. But we will be re- returning on January 2nd. And so there's a few topics that I'd like to discuss. Yet again, we can talk about the Grizzlies. The Tigers will have played a bowl game. We will know who the national championship game is between. We'll be going into week 18 of the NFL, so we should, by most, I would think by most divisions, we should probably know the playoff picture, the one that stands out as a possibility. It's still entirely possible that we'll have the AFC East undecided. But by that point, it's also possible that we will have the NFC East undecided. Try to say North. We can talk about it in just a minute. But at that point also, we will have finished non-conference play for the University of Memphis. They will be getting ready for conference play at that point. And after the news of today... Perhaps maybe we'll be talking more realignment. So those are kind of the things that are on deck for the possibilities of what we'll be talking about on January 2nd. And again, Mark's going to join the program at some point. We'll also get into the list. We'll tell your story, and then we'll get out of there. Also, we might take a peek at the old bowl schedule and see what's eyeing us. Because for the love of God, I have no idea how Syracuse, who was starting a tight end, that quarterback was a favorite. I almost mousetrapped myself out of what was easy with South Florida last night because I could not believe it. Nonetheless, we got a few other bowl opportunities that we can talk about. But let's start first with, of course, the Memphis Grizzlies. Last night, John Morant returns to FedEx Forum, and I think the... The first thing that obviously stands out is, holy cow, this is not a high bar to to cross, but what an outstanding scene last night at FedEx Forum. When you started getting the the pregame quotes from Taylor Jenkins about not going to be many seats available, I knew obviously it'd be the greatest, the the best crowd we've seen thus far this year. But you kind of have to roll your eyes at that. Like, all right, well, it's still Thursday night, and 
that was as close to a playoff atmosphere, I think, as we've seen in a very, very long time. That gave me vibes of what I used to think used to be the most underrated game of the year, which was the Friday of Thanksgiving. That game was always one of my favorites to go to. That felt like, last night felt like that, but on steroids. And you added in the, you add into the return of John Morant. I think it was also important that it was the Pacers. And not for, not for really the Grizzlies, not for the fan base. It's not like there's intense animosity towards the Pacers. But I definitely think it added an element for John Morant. And not that any of us actually believed him when he said uh, the Halliburton comps, he, he was unaware, whatnot. It showed last night. And part of part of the NBA conversation that has always just annoyed me is it feels like, in particular, more than any other league in the NBA, there is a rush to claim you were the first person to say so-and-so was good. And there's also this intense, I don't even know if it's necessarily pressure, but it is certainly an environment where you have to say so-and-so is better than so-and-so. In the NFL, it feels like the only spot where we do that is quarterback. Because if you think about it, We've got, last week we had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson playing each other. Former teammates at LSU. And both, maybe they don't have the best claim because Tyreek seems to maybe have that right now. But each has a claim to the best receiver in football. It didn't dominate it doesn't dominate the the coverage. And yet, in the NBA, it seems to be so much of even like the, the building of a game. So much of it is predicated on, is this player better than that? And we make every game, each game, kind of a take referendum. Well, if last night was the referendum on whether or not Tyrese Halliburton has taken the mantle from John Morant. Ooh, boy, it was a tough night for those that were on that island. Because even though Halliburton was perfectly fine, the fact remains is it feels like an entirely new basketball team now that John Morant has returned. And I mentioned it this morning on Jeff's show. I can celebrate that it is now exciting and it's just so much easier to turn on the Grizzlies simply because John Moran has returned. But I do think we need to point out what the hell were they doing for the first 25 games? Because 
it's not just John Morant's returning and all of a sudden they've gotten a shot of life. This team was truly one of the worst basketball teams in the NBA. And if you want to make the John Morant MVP case, which you can't win, by the way, the case would be look at that team for the first 25 games and look at the team now because there is night and day difference. It's also important to note two-game sample size. Despite it being a two-game sample size and with all the necessary caveats that you have to have, which we'll just say necessary caveats so that we don't have to keep listing them after over and over and over, the eye test suggests that this team is completely different. And just even look at it in terms of Vegas. Grizzlies are eight-point dogs on Wednesday night. They win by two. Last night, two-and-a-half-point favorites and win by 15. We're talking about a 10-point difference in each game, at least a 10-point difference between expectations and production. And obviously, some of the production or the expectations is dependent on the past performance, which was pathetic. But when you just simply watch it and you realize immediately, oh, they don't have to be that good if he's this good. Because so much attention is focused on him and all of a sudden things that weren't open before are now indeed open. So when we get back on January 2nd, we will have had the first real road tests. Long road trip for the Grizzlies. They're going to be on the road the next five, including a West Coast trip, before returning home for New Year's Eve against the Kings. So we will have seen a legitimate sample size when we get back. Because... I do wonder, is there still a bit of a, a sugar high, as I, as I mentioned yesterday? Or is this is this essentially a reminder that this is a completely new season? Now, the previous work, or lack thereof, that you did during the first 25 games... It counts. It's still there. And it's entirely possible this team does really good work. It still finishes 11th and out of the play-in. But there is no denying what your eyes are telling you right now. And the key for me is it's not just what Jaw's doing. This is the first time it feels like that we're seeing consistency between Ja, Jaron, and Des. They mentioned it last night on the broadcast, but we'd made reference to it yesterday during the preview. When those three each have 20 points, the Grizzlies are undefeated. 
The other part of that stat, though, that I thought was interesting is it had only happened five times previously. Last night was the sixth. But it's also the second time that it's happened consecutively. The Grizzlies, with games with John Morant, they're two for two. And that's really what the entire endeavor is about from now on. It's those three guys and what can you surround them with. And that becomes the key question. And so as we take a look at the first real road trip and we start to see maybe when when some of the excitement of his return wears off, what are once we get back to, you know, a level a level state is it still looking like this? Tiger Bowl game. For the second time, we will be seeing a Liberty Bowl that involves the Memphis Tigers and the Iowa State Cyclones. I think what will be interesting about this game, and it's what we've been seeing a lot with bowl games, is what's the what's the level of interest in the game? And more importantly, what is each team's level of interest? I think you got to say with the Tigers, they seem to be interested. We're not having to sit there and list a bunch of opt-outs. And I think, honestly, the same can be said right now about Iowa State. Which, to me, gives me a lot of encouragement that this could actually be a very fun bowl game. If you actually have two teams that want to be there and care about it, that makes for a fun bowl game because it feels intense. Is there any real stakes, though, for Memphis? Doesn't it feel kind of free shoddy? I mean, people are where they are with Ryan Silverfield. I suppose it'll be interesting to see after the bowl game, do we have renewed contract talks? Because there were whispers of contract talks towards the end of the season, and those whispers largely went away. Why did they go away? One man's theory, they went away because they didn't go the way that the coach was thinking or hoping or wanting. And I also don't think that it was coincidence that largely out of nowhere for a job that never made any sense whatsoever, his name appears. Of course, the Indiana job. Now, credit to the University of Memphis, I don't think they ever bought in to those rumors. And maybe perhaps those weren't necessarily rumors to try and get a new contract, Maybe those were rumors to try and get the the fan base to think that you could lose your coach and maybe be well-liked. No, 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 don't leave. Didn't have either intended effect. Would a win over Iowa State maybe do that? Possibly. I mean, those are kind of the, the questions that I have. It feels like... It feels like that is the type of bowl game 
that could, if you're going to sway attention, that would be maybe the type of game. Because it's a game that everyone can get to, and it's against a Power 5 opponent. Although, what does Power 5 mean anymore? If you're not going to be in a New Year's Six, perhaps this is a way. My suspicion is probably not, because I think, yet again, here we are. I think everyone more or less has their mind made up about Ryan Silverfield. But I do think it has potential in a bowl season that's largely been, so far, highlighted by blowouts, and certain teams carrying more than others, it's entirely possible that's a bowl game that both teams will care about. Could be intense. Could be fun. Then let's go to the, on January 2nd, we'll be talking about the national championship. Because at that point, we will have just seen the two national semifinals. Alabama taking on Michigan at the Rose Bowl, which, despite all this discussion of Florida State and whether or not they got screwed, can we also acknowledge that that is going to be pretty awesome? We're going to see Alabama and Michigan at the granddaddy of them all. That is pretty cool. And then we'll close it out in New Orleans with Texas and Washington. So by the time we get back on the second, we will know who indeed is playing for the national title. Let's take the Rose Bowl first. Because I think the most interesting aspect of that game is did Vegas get it right? Because right now, according to BetMGM, the most bet underdog of all bowl season is Alabama. And yet that line has not moved. They've kept it consistently around one and a half to two points in favor of Michigan. What's the reasoning? Well, despite the fact that Alabama, according to 24-7 sports, has the highest blue chip ratio in the history of the sport, Michigan does have potentially between 15 and 20 NFL draft picks on their roster. So, while maybe in terms of high-end recruiting talent, Alabama, quote-unquote, has the roster advantage, Michigan has made up with it in terms of NFL talent. The big question that I have as we go into this game is, who's got the better big people? Because if I'm going to make the case for Michigan, my case would be this. Alabama's defensive line is indeed outstanding. And I think they've been underrated all year. I think they're one of the nastiest fronts we've seen. But they're going up against what is possibly the single best offensive line group in the country. We know Michigan's defensive line is pretty nasty. We've seen what they've done to Ohio State. We've seen what they've done to Penn State. Consistently all year, they've been a wrecking crew. Alabama's offensive line, despite playing better as of late, 
They have been maligned this year. So if we're talking about just the big people, despite Alabama's defensive line being good, which I think they are, Michigan's offensive front will probably handle Alabama's defensive front better than the opposite. And then the other aspect of this is, despite the fact that I'm not the world's biggest J.J. McCarthy fan, because I tend to like quarterbacks that throw on target, he is a better pure passer than Jalen Milrow. Also, theoretically, Michigan might be one of the teams that can keep Milrow in the pocket and make him have to throw it consistently down the field. To be clear, Georgia largely, I thought, defensively did what they needed to do with Milrow. The problem was they forced a couple of turnovers and they had several third downs, like key money downs, where they didn't get off the field. And that's a credit to Milrow. But is Michigan going to be the team that can actually keep him in the pocket? If I'm going to make the case for Michigan, that would be it. I've not decided which way I'm, I'm going this game. I'm leaning towards Michigan just because I can't get the idea out of my head that Vegas is going to willingly give you points with Alabama unless they feel pretty good with it, feel pretty good about it. Now the second semifinal. Washington and Texas. The key question that I have is, are we going to find out that Washington was on this level? Or is it possible that Washington might have been closer to Florida State than they were to Texas, Alabama, Michigan, and I would even throw Georgia in there. To be clear with Washington, people have felt this way about them all year. Basically, ever since they stopped just covering and stopped winning by four touchdowns, which I believe began the Arizona game, which, by the way, it turns out Arizona was pretty good themselves. The key in this game for me, though, will be the one area that Texas has shown weakness this year has been their secondary. That feels like a bad recipe when you're going up against Michael Penix and NFL receivers. Now, on the flip side, where Penix and Washington have been vulnerable this year, they've not done a tremendous job of blocking up for Michael Penix. Well, that Texas defensive front will eat that alive. I think if you made me pick today... I would go super, not necessarily square, but I would go with, probably go with the two favorites. I'm still not convinced that this Alabama team, when you look at eye tests, I'm still not convinced, even though we just apparently only care about the eye test with Florida State. I'm not convinced this Alabama team is an elite Alabama team. Now, where I am willing to except that perhaps that I'm wrong. If they just had a, if they had a different quarterback, would I feel differently? Maybe. Their last three quarterbacks were all first rounders. Maybe. 
but he presents a unique challenge, and I'm still just not all that overwhelmed. NFL playoff picture. So, in divisions that we haven't decided, of course we have the beautiful, beautiful boy that is the NFC South. Are there Saints fans that want to see more Derek Carr? Like, can we all as a can we all as a country come together and just say no more? Like uh, last night, just yet again, just just no more. So we'll still have the NFC South to settle. We'll find out in the next two weeks if we have the AFC East to settle. The Ravens are going to have to really stub their toe in order to not win the AFC North. The Chiefs, obviously. The, just, just a reminder, don't ever talk yourself into anyone other than the Chiefs for the AFC West. So the question will be, have the Dolphins won the East? Have the Browns locked up the North? We still have a three-way tie in the AFC South. It does feel like maybe everybody's ignoring the warts with the Jags and we still believe that the Jags are going to win that division. But we haven't seen it yet. Then as we head to the NFC... We still have the Cowboys and Eagles to determine who's going to win the East. The Lions have essentially wrapped up the North. And then, of course, the Niners have, la- have more or less wrapped up. No, they have. They've clinched the division. They clinched it last week. The Niners clinched the West. So we'll have our NFL playoff picture. And really what I think is going to be interesting is looking at potential matchups. If the Bills get in as a wild card... Do we watch some teams that maybe see if they can jockey and try to avoid that? Because i got to imagine if you're a division winner, that's the last team you want to see as a wild card. Now it's entirely possible that they earn their way in through the division. But the Dolphins still have to lose one of these next two. And then finally, Tiger basketball. We will have completed non-conference play by that point. And... Really, the only thing that we're going to be talking about on January 2nd is whether or not they stubbed their toe against either Austin P or Vanderbilt or whether or not there's been an injury. Because the thing that has been the most impressive aspect to me about this Tiger basketball team, the consistency. Yes, they're sitting here with two losses. I still can't believe we are acting like a day three loss to Villanova, and I'm not saying we locally, but college basketball cognoscenti. Day three of a multi-team event, the fact that we're going to like somehow act like that that was a legitimate, true test, still bizarre to me. I don't feel like we've, we do that. If you want to talk about the, the Memphis gets treated differently, that, the fact that that game gets considered differently, that would be the, that'd be one of the, early points that I would make. And then they've lost on the road to Ole Miss in a game that they let get away. But it's against a team that still hasn't lost. Other than that, this team has been consistent night in, night out. And 
I would be truly surprised if we're talking about a stubbing of the toe when we get back on January 2nd. And then if we're talking about injuries, I mean, who, who wants, who's predicting an injury? But the best part about the Tiger basketball season is you get to interconference play and you're not worried about, well, what's the number we have to do? Like, do, do we have to win at Houston on the road? Can we? You're starting to play out these scenarios where it feels like you've got a flow chart. Well, this is a way in. This is a way in. No, no, no. Now it's all about just racking and stacking as much as you can because of the good work that you've done early during the season. Program is, of course, brought to you by my friends at Robert Irwin Jewelers. Holiday time is engagement time, and you can get designer engagement rings at great prices available in every budget at Robert Irwin Jewelers. Take advantage of the meant-to-be guarantee. This is uh, what you would do if you did what I did, which is get a custom-made engagement ring. You'll have a full 365 days to return it for any reason, if you're not 100% satisfied with your made-to-order engagement ring, there's no questions, no exceptions. As long as you do it within 365 days, you're getting your full purchase price back at refund. They also have free ring sizing for life as well as the diamond trade-up. Also, Robert Irwin's offers free jewelry spot service for life. Take advantage of that. Every time my wife and I do it, about every couple of months, we feel like we're getting a new piece of jewelry back. They got great financing options at Robert Irwin Jewelers like long-term financing, as well as 0% interest financing and no credit check financing. Also, Robert Irwin Jewelers has all the new jewelry trends guaranteed to add a little sparkle this holiday season. Trends like the new Flexi Diamond Bangle Bracelets. It's a new collection of Diamond Bangle Bracelets that are flexible and contoured to fit her wrist. You can wear one or stack a few for a bolder look. They're available in white, yellow, or rose gold from $599 all the way up to $59.99. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices, all at Robert Irwin Jewelers. You can shop in-store or online at rijewelers.com. Also, all locations will be open on Christmas Eve this Sunday. So for all the last-minute shoppers, go to Robert Irwin Jewelers. Let them, let them take care of it. I promise that your sweetie will be impressed. When we come back, maybe, 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 just possibly, Mark joins the program. We'll find out next when we come back right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Program is brought to you by Birdies. Birdies located at 493 South Main Street. It's a new indoor golf simulator concept located in historic South Main District of downtown. They have three golf simulators as well as a virtual putting course and a full service bar and great menu. Also right now, they want to let everybody know if you want to sign up for the Winter League, it's a two-person scramble. You can do so now. That league will start on January 15th. Get all the sign-up details at Birdie's Instagram on or I should say their Instagram handle at Birdie's 901. Also, if you're thinking about getting something for the golf in your life, something for Christmas, get them a Birdies gift card. You can visit golfatbirdies.com, golfatbirdies.com to reserve a bay today. So again, sign up for Winter League. Check out the merch as well at golfatbirdies.com. Let's now welcome to the program Mark Giannato. Mark, of course, the Commercial Appeals Lead Sports Columnist. Lead Sports Columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MG and Auto. Mark, good day. Yes, good day. It's a good good day to end the week. Uh, how are you? How are you hanging in there? More importantly, I think I'm at the. You know that point when you're like just so tired, you're delirious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, it's not yeah, like yeah, you're just kind of like a zombie. Correct. Yeah. Like you, the lights are on, but nobody's home. I think that's kind of where I am right now. Oh man! Well, maybe I can uh, maybe I can turn on some lights for you in this uh, now that I'm now that I've joined the show. Um, it was a fun night last night. I don't know what, how how much you talked about it in the open. So there are a couple of things that I want. Let's start. Let's start first because about the Grizzlies. So let's let's start yeah. there. So number one, there's no question. Like it's undeniable. It feels like this is an entirely different basketball team. You know what I mean? Like, it almost feels like it's like the birth of Christ. It's like you have the time, you have the time before Jaws return, like, and the time after Jaws return. There's no, there's no denying that. And they look like, they look like a good basketball team. I guess the problem that I've had is, Mark, there is no way that they should have been six and 19. Like, that's kind of where I keep falling back. Like, Ja, it's this is it's not as if we don't have any any proof of what they look like without Ja Morant. We've seen it, but that team was just clearly going through the motions because they everyone looks like a different player, with the exception really of Jaron and Des. I don't know if going through the motions is the right word, but they certainly they they looked like maybe like I feel. Yeah, like I just think there was uh you know they. I said this the other day, like and and being around them, you notice it too, like he's their alpha. And like, I do think like, I don't think they were not trying there. I think they, there were a couple games they probably should have won that they didn't during, during all of that. But, you know, I mean, this is a star driven league and, and what I think John Morant is going to show the rest of this season is that he's just, he's not just a top 15 or top 20 player in the NBA. I mean, I think the reality is when you watch him play in terms of impact, 
my gut tells me, you know, maybe maybe this year because he missed so much time, it's going to be hard for him to establish listen, himself. Listen, listen, like through eight quarters, he should be the MVP because yeah, the argument like, should be: look what they look like with him and without. He's one of the five or ten most impactful players in the NBA. That's just the truth, I think. And it's going to take him some time to true like prove it on a national level for everyone to really acknowledge it. But I mean, the guy. He elevate. He he has that. You know, like LeBron had this. Where, and I think we've seen it these first two games. And maybe this is draw. You know, jumping to too many. You know, too far into the conclusion category based off two games. But we're excited here, and let's just do it. He's got that quality LeBron has. Remember, like LeBron in Cleveland, he'd be surrounded by these guys. And he'd be like, they're bums. But then like, at, when they were around LeBron, they looked pretty good. Yeah, no. And look, then when LeBron the first, left, they the, were back to being bums. The 07 the 07 team that, that made it to the yeah. title. It's like... And like Larry... It was like Larry Hughes... The and second best player might have been Mo Williams. Yeah. like, And so um, I think you're seeing that quality in John Morant. And, you know, we, that was what was so disappointing about the last year, year and a half, is that... And I used to say it on the show all the time. What The thing I found most endearing about John Morant his first three years was that he was like, he, he seemed like a natural born leader and a guy who, you know, really pulled everyone up with him. And what was so disappointing about last year was that it's like, you know, I even wrote it. I thought he was a bad leader, a bad face of the franchise. He really let, you know, let a lot of people down in that regard, go beyond like his, well, listen, I don't even know. think you have to qualify. Mark, the, the reality is if you get suspended for 25 games, for your behavior, you're a bad leader. Like that, that was bad. That's bad leadership. And so, and, but I always thought deep down, he's, he's, you know, that guy from the first three years is still there. And, and now it feels like he's, you know, I don't know if he's a changed man or anything like that, but it does feel like he's certainly more self-aware of every little thing I do is going to be scrutinized. And, even if that's all that's changed, that might be enough for him to like become the super duper star that I think you, you know, I think he is ultimately. No, I think you're a hundred percent. I think it is enough. Yeah, and you know, when, you know, like I, you know, he doesn't need to change who he is or change who his friends are. He just needed to change how aware he was of okay, every little thing I do. People are watching me now, and um, unless I'm inside my house, and even then, if I have some guests over, I can't. You know, I can't. You know, I can't do things other people can do, or I can't. No, do no, things no. I, I would argue. No, no, years no. Ago. no, no. I would argue. Okay, maybe don't don't punch someone that can sue you. Mm-hmm. But I would argue you can keep doing whatever you're doing. Just keep it in your house. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you are right. It looks like, I mean, I, I asked a couple of the guys last, last night, I go, does this feel like almost a new season? Cause that's, that's what it felt like last night as Derek wrote, like I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, no, no, it 100, like, like I'm telling you, it really is like when you talk about like demarcating time with the birth of Christ, like it feels like this season's going to be pre jaw suspension, post jaw suspension. Like that's the, yeah. that's going to change like how you view this team. But even last night, you know, like I mean, correct you you you've followed this team longer than I have. I've only been doing it for 6 7 years at this point. But usually 
They have, you know, the player come out to give the little, you know, little salute to the fans at the first home game and at the last home game. I don't usually recall them doing it before the last, you know, the last game before Christmas, but maybe I'm wrong there. But whether that's, whether it is or isn't, Derek Rose coming out there and yes, wishing the fans happy holidays, but more importantly saying on behalf of the fans, welcome back, Ja. Like it just felt like the start of a new season. Um, yeah, I, like- I don't ever recall it ever happening during the season other than, yeah, the, the, the season opener or the season closer. Yeah. Or the home, so, sorry, the home opener or home closer. And the whole scene was, was great. I did find the It looked the like parade. a playoff game. It, it looked and sounded like a playoff game. I found the parade, Jeffrey. Okay, was um, that a parade? That, that actually, no, 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 it wasn't. That was it closer. Wasn't. Did they take my advice? Because that was closer to what I was, that was fine with it. If you want to do the singing and dancing right there in the plaza or whatever, the, what do we call that? They, well, here's what they did that was smart. It was all kids, Jeffrey. It was like it was like kids. It was like it was the Memphis Youth Arts Initiatives marching band that marched down the street in front of the Westin. So it wasn't like a bunch of people. It was just this marching band playing uh, "Hold On, I'm Coming," you know, and like songs like that. Um, and they were very good. These kids were very good, and and I liked this too. Um, they were so I guess apparently I didn't I wasn't able to fit this in my column, but I want to shout them out here because they were raising money to go there. This band, they play, I guess this past year, this uh, Scottish fiddle group came and played with them. And it went so well that the British consulate invited the Memphis Memphis Youth Arts Initiative to come to Scotland next year to come play with the fiddle group in like some big auditorium. And these are all, you know, Memphis kids, you know, playing instruments, all that stuff. And so now they're just trying to, they're trying to raise money to get to Scotland. And so um, this was almost like a fundraiser for that as well. In addition to welcoming back John Moran. And now it was also organized by that Esco restaurant where it started. It's a new restaurant right around the corner. It's, Partially owned by two chains. Okay, so this was Brad was Brad was saying all this this morning, and Brad thought that like he was saying it wrong because the look on my face, I the look on my face was just I don't I have no idea the fact that the fact that Mr. Chains does own this that checks out now. Well, well, yes, and so well, it's he's part owner along with um, Marbury Rowand, who's a former Memphis football player. Uh, back during the D'Angelo Williams years. Um, and uh, it's actually, it's become like last night, for instance, I know this, like all the, the, a bunch of those rappers who were there and, and, and I believe John Morant and some players, like it's becoming like a, a spot, just a place. Yeah. Like, like that's where they went after the hang, the, game last the night. hang spot. Yeah. That's where they went after the game last night. But in talking to Marbury, Rowand about because they they you know Esco as part of their initial marketing became like the official you know dinner spot of the Grizzlies like they're trying to advertise themselves as like a place to go grab dinner before you go to the game. Um, well, hold on, hold on. Are the Grizzlies going full PGA tour? Yeah. Are we gonna the the official dinner spot uh, of the Memphis Grizzlies? What about it's something the, like that? The official post game drink hang hang of yeah. the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, and uh, and well, but, but I was like, interest. I was like, I said to him, I go, interesting year to start the promotion. Has it been? I imagine it's not going that great. <laughs> and he laughed. He goes, well, you know, 
people need to drink after a loss. Do people want to get a drink after a loss, too? And I was like, yeah, good point. <laughs> good well, point. in fairness, a lot of these losses also were, like, not competitive, so you could probably go get more than one drink and go, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, leave it half, true. leave it half, go get a couple. Feel yeah, better about yourself. That's a good point. But, no, it wasn't a parade, Also, please drink responsibly. Yeah, it wasn't a parade. This, okay, was, you got it. This everything you're laying out sounds like an altered, like it, that feels like a lot of a lot of covering. Because if you were just trying to promote these this this group and, and trying to go on a trip, wouldn't you oh, advertise no. it as that? Well, I don't think the Memphis. No, I think he just invited them to come do this, okay. and so and they and they were you know they saw it as an opportunity to fundraise for their okay group. there we go um yeah no i think it was also partially like helping trying to promote esco uh, <laughs> you know but so you had that um and then even you know pregame it was i did the you know like i mean was, you could tell was, you could tell when they did the bally sports pregame mm-hmm. like Aaliyah, Aaliyah in comments she's like whoa she, cuz you know like you know when you can see like the people walking in Mm-hmm. And you could tell, like, oh, this this was different. It was like, you know, normally you can, like, count the people that are walking by. This was, yeah. like, people that were shoulder to shoulder. No, and then, uh, yeah, no, it was it was great. No, I actually did, T. Morant, after Josh's warm-up, did, like, a lap around the floor. Was this before yeah. or after he did a lap with uh, Sirius XM? Uh, this was after, because uh, I, 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 I asked him about those comments to Sirius XM, actually. Um, and you can read him in my. You can read what he said to me in my column at commercialfield. dot com. But no, it was like, or you, he, or you uh, could tell us on the air on your radio yeah, show. I, I, all right. Well, he uh, he was shake. It was like a politician shaking hands. You know, taking selfies. Um, you know, see, he'd see people's signs. You know, welcoming back John. He'd like point to his heart. Um, and like, and then it at one Wait point. Is yeah. this his return? Yeah, uh, it very much felt like it was like yes, also his return to FedEx. It was his return to FedEx Forum, Jeffrey. You know, he hadn't been to a game yet this year. I mean, he, he could have. <laughs> Nothing um, was literally stopping him. <laughs> this is why I say, like, I'm not sure. Like this whole like this has changed the whole dynamic. I just think they they're more aware that they are being you know that people people are watching jobs. There's a microscope. Year. Yeah, um, and like, but I did ask him about those comments he made to SiriusXM. Like, I was like, "Are you like? Is the point to like defend? Are you defend? Do you feel like now that he's back, you've been holding back this stuff, and you feel like you need to defend him?" And he said to me, "Really, what he's doing? His main thing is he feels that you know, ja, as he said to SiriusXM." Ja didn't commit a crime, and he feels like Ja, as he put it, Ja was being is being judged by his age, by his status as a superstar, not his age. And basically, like he's saying, yes, he is admitting he made mistakes. Like he's not. I don't think in some of these comments have made it seem like he's kind of white, you know, like co- you know, covering up the mistakes Ja made. But I don't think he's doing that. His point is. There's these other guys in the league who he feels have done worse than Ja Morant and have been punished much in a much more lenient fashion than Ja, uh, and that's the point he's trying to make in the. Yeah, uh, that's that's fine, and to it's a certain, fine. I don't know if I'd be saying it. Yeah, right the, now. P- the problem is, why do you think it's changed? Because that was not 
that was not the team Morant, uh, you know, talking points the last couple of weeks. And and let's be clear, Ja has not said that. Correct. No, no, I, and I'm not. I, I when I say team, I mean like, yeah. Let's be real. Like it, it's it's the it's the uh, either it'll be like sources sources in the inner circle, or it's going to be T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's now because he's back. You know, and now you know there is. Finally, but wouldn't you wouldn't you agree that the tone has changed, like, the tenor has changed, in terms of the message? Well, it's, it is different. You know, like the only other time I remember, him, like the the last time he really spoke in depth was remember he got videoed at the camp, right? Then he spe- he spoke at like a camp in New Orleans. T. Morant did, and it was when he said, you know, my you know it was it was him making the point like my son's friends didn't make. The decisions he made. The decision. like he was. It was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it was yes. The, I I now recall it. It was a largely basically. It was like when people kept doing the. He needs to change those that are around him. Mm-hmm. T T's comments were like you know hey he it's was my, it was my son's fault yeah. basically yeah no it was um, and I thought you know I thought it came off well back then and you know these comments again I don't necessarily disagree with him I think he's we've talked about it I mean at it. I don't know if it's necessarily Adam Silver made the wrong call with Ja as much as he just made it just feels like the whole thing has been so inconsistent from player to player and I think Yeah, but this is also at. this is also very this is ignoring the fact that what Ja is really what he got in trouble for was they brought him into the office and they said yeah. don't do it again. And then yeah, he did it again the, quickly. It's the same thing Draymond's happening Correct. right now. Draymond, they're you know they're coloring, covering it up a little bit more of like count with counseling and all that. It's not just a straight you know suspended for twenty five games. Yeah, I mean, they kind of like, did that. Remember with Ja too? Yeah. No, but remember but, the breathing exercises? But, no, I know. But Draymond already got a suspension earlier this year. That was his breathing exercise suspension. You know, and then now he's getting his you know, major suspension, and I bet it won't be 25. It'll be 15 or something like probably when all said and done. Who knows? I know they said indefinitely. Um, but that's just that's the point he's making. Again, I, I'm with you that, like, I don't necessarily see how it serves you to be saying that right now. Like, maybe if, like, after the season, after Jaws really successful and you feel the need to, like, push back on his critics, then maybe it makes more sense to me. You know, but doing it right now, probably I don't see how it helps John Morant saying all this publicly right now. Um, but he's a dad defending his son, and you know, frankly, he's a dad who, you know, likes attention. <laughs> like it's very clear. Um, and so um, I'm fine with it. Again, I just don't see how it really serves John Morant's best interests um, in all of this. But it was it was good. Like the whole vibe though was different. I mean, you had. You know, every, I, I mean, I'm not. I mean, how, so, because you were. you here. I'm not, I'm not in tune with the Memphis rap scene completely, but, like, it felt like every big-time Memphis rapper was in the. Well, I care less, I care less about night. the celebrities because the thing, though, that I'm more interested in is you and I were texting before the game, and I don't want to say, like, I 100% rolled my eyes at the, the Taylor Jenkins, like, there's not going to be an empty seat in the house. But you were there, and I'm telling you, like you know, it's hard to tell on TV because like they've darkened the, they've darkened like up top. But it certainly looked like it was a it. It looked like it was. I mean, certainly the biggest crowd. Yeah.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 